0: Well, welcome to Raw Roast, where We have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church. I'm the Roseville Campus Pastor. And today I'm joined by uh, Pastor Mike Graham, who is our White Bear Campus Pastor. Good to have you, Mike. Good to be here. Good to have you on again. And I'm here with uh, Pastor Ralph Gustafson, who is our Senior Adult and Volunteer Development Pastor. And Ralph, it's good to have you on uh, on the podcast today. Thanks, Tucker. Now, I know you're in a little bit of a transition period here with living in hotels and <laughs> bouncing from place to place. Why don't you give us a little bit of an update on, on where things are at with you?
1: Well, my wife and I, after living in our home of 27 years are uh, moving and, uh, our new home is not yet ready for us to move into. So we're kind of uh, homeless here for the next month, uh, not living in our cars yet, but, uh, <laughs> we have some wonderful friends who have been very neighborly in allowing us to stay with them. And, uh, just doing some uh, some bouncing around from place to place, but we're uh, we're looking forward to being settled once again in about half the space we used to have. But we're down to the two of us instead of the seven that started back 27 years ago. So
0: I imagine this uh, season of life requires a lot of patience and
1: oh yes, yes. Um, Lynn might uh, <laughs> and, add energy. Uh, yeah, and energy and <laughs> energy. I I don't I, I'm to the place of saying well you know just. Live where you are, and let your kids deal with the with the change because it 's been exhausting moving from uh, one place now and getting ready to move into another
0: well I, I, we actually just moved ourselves, and so yeah. I, I resonate with uh, just the amount of work and uh, the amount of work it takes just to feel settled into a into a place so I feel for you too during this time of <laughs> of being a uh, well, it, this time will like pass. It hotel. will pass
1: eventually, and so we're we're looking forward to that. But thankful for the many people that have reached out to encourage us and yeah. take care of us during this time.
0: Well, given uh, Pastor Sam Townsend's message yesterday on the the parable of the good Samaritan, we're in a in a sermon series right now on the parables of Jesus. As we've been looking at what does life in the the kingdom of God look like, I thought it'd be a good topic today to talk about what it, what does it mean to be a, a neighbor? What is uh, is there a difference between being a a neighbor from a Christian perspective versus just being a, a good neighbor? what is What does being a, a Christian neighbor if if we can use that phrase look like? And I thought, you know both of you know Ralph and uh, and I moving into new neighborhoods, this is a, a good opportunity really to start to start fresh in many ways of of being a a neighbor, being a Christian neighbor. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what does it mean to be a neighbor. What are some practical things that you've done in the past to be to be neighbors, and how would you encourage our listeners to be uh, Christian neighbors? So, Mike, you know you've—I don't know how long you've lived in your neighborhood, but twelve years. So twelve years. Yeah. What are what are some ways that you've uh, been able to be a, a Christian neighbor?
2: Well, first of all, uh, living in a neighborhood. So, previous to that, this is the first time Lisa and I have. Purchased a home because we have been uh, living in church-owned homes mm. my whole career, which is a, kind of an interesting dynamic. Which oftentimes puts you outside of a neighborhood. Believe it or not, you're like sometimes right next to the church, like right next to the parking lot of the church. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times there's not a of houses around you, and we really are enjoying being in a neighborhood. So um, uh, I guess one way that I've done this is um, I begin to pray for my neighborhood. Uh, I take my uh, coonhound moose, which I've talked about in the past, and we go for a prayer walk. Uh, We've kind of had to cease it because of the hot weather uh, this summer, but uh, every night going out and, you know, as long as I'm walking, uh, I pray. And it's a prayer walk, and uh, we pray for the neighborhood. Kind of each step I take, I go, I consecrate it to the Lord, and then I just pray for the houses around me. And I've had some interesting experiences with people. Um, and then now I can actually pray, go by houses and pray for people by name.
0: Ralph, what have you uh, done in the past? So you've, you've been in your house, your former house now, for how many how 27 years? years. 27 years. So you probably collected quite a few things over the <laughs> course of almost 30 <laughs> Too years. Too many things. Too many things. What,
1: what were some of the things that you did to be uh, good neighbors? Well, in the neighborhood that we've just moved out of, we um, were very intentional in the beginning to make sure we met our neighbors. I think uh, it's a little different. Over my 70 years growing up in a neighborhood uh, as a kid, we sort of knew everybody on the street and they knew us and there was great interaction just naturally. I think moving into a new neighborhood here from the neighborhood we were in 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 Green Bay, Wisconsin, we, we found that we needed to purposefully go out and meet folks that were around us. Fortunately, we moved in in the summer. It was August when we moved in, and uh, people were out cutting the grass or doing a variety of things. So, Lynn and I just went and met folks and let them know who we were and who our kids were and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And uh, so it was it was being intentional about. Introducing ourselves to people and kind of opening the door, the neighbors on either side of us have been there the whole time we've been there, 27 years, which is somewhat unusual. And across the street, directly from us, same neighbor that's been there. There's been a few others that have changed around us, but much of our neighborhood has been the same. So we've gotten to know each other, and and, uh, because of that, have had opportunities to begin to talk at a deeper level about our faith and life and journeys together so um, for us it was being uh, really intentional part of it was even at christmas time making sure that there was a family christmas card that they received with some notes about the meaning of christmas to us as a family and uh, that opened the door to some conversations throughout the way so um that's That's where we're hoping it'll begin. We've already met actually one couple, Jack and Jackie, where we're going to be moving, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. He was out walking when we were over visiting the house, checking it out, and uh, just uh, kind of stopped and so we went and carried on a conversation with him and um, we've also just uh, kind of waved and and that to some other folks that have places that that'll be near our new home so We're going to be out there talking to folks, uh, making sure they uh, know who we are and we get to know a little bit about who they are.
2: Can I hop in here? I just realized that uh, Ralph and I are uh, the only two of the three people sitting around this table that have gray hair and uh i we, have a
0: few white hairs. do
2: you oh, okay <laughs> yeah. thanks for that confession <laughs> yeah Tucker. They're,
1: they're, they're, do you put started. them in there intentionally to make you look older <laughs>
2: <laughs> well ralph and i probably uh grew both grew up in uh an era where neighborhoods mm. were the thing amen mm-hmm. i remember traveling with a pack of kids in this post-World War II ex- huge expansion into the suburbs. And um, we didn't have just two parents. We had like 20 parents because mm-hmm. Marge Crawford, two blocks away, if I was getting into trouble, she knew my mom. <laughs> and she said, Mike, if you don't behave, I'm calling your mom right now. and And she meant it. And we knew everybody, not just next door to us, but you know, for blacks, blacks, and blacks. That is no longer the case. No, and uh, I find even myself. It's with that with the clicker, you know, into my garage. I can raise the raise the garage. I can go in, close the garage door, and I'm in my little my little bubble of solitude. And sometimes it feels good to do that. And yet, there is a draw, and I think it's the Holy Spirit to go. Great. Glad you have some solitude. That's important. But there are people around you. And I placed you here in this neighborhood for a reason. Um, uh, and the first step, which is in our mission statement, is building relationships. So before you are ever going to have a conversation with someone about some really meaningful things, you have to have conversations over seemingly mundane things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it it sort of reminds me, um, we would have neighbors over to the house or the backyard all the time and it never seemed strange and they'd have us over to their place. But I remember the, the first time we invited our neighbor, Dave and Cindy over for a meal, just out back on the deck and, you know, barbecue kind of thing. Uh, Cindy later confessed to us that she was really hesitant to say yes because then she'd have to have us over yes you know and and wasn't sure how that would how that would go and so it's it's kind of a different mindset <laughs> you have to you have to be a little bit different approach to it so i i think um, it's still one of the best ways to begin those relationship building is by you know, reaching out to people and inviting them to come into your space a little bit and to be yeah. uh, invited in. What we also found, um, and it kind of relates to your story about the neighbor that would call your mom, is that we really emphasize to our kids your actions in this neighborhood are going to be important in terms of our witness for Christ. And so, how you conduct yourself with your buddies, you know, that were all over the place. Now, our our neighborhood now, 27 years, there aren't very many kids left. They've they've all grown up and got kids of their own, but was that they, too, became ambassadors for Christ in our neighborhood by being able to reach out and, and be an example. And so, you know, stuff like in the winter, going and bringing my two boys and shoveling somebody's drive before we got a snowblower or helping with uh, carrying in some groceries when we saw the neighbor across the street had all these bags and nobody there to help. So those little things, I think, begin to open up the doorway to a relationship where you can go a little deeper. Funny story around uh, you know uh,
2: having to feel obligated to reciprocate <laughs> in the neighborhood. So again, we're... We were kind of newbies to a neighborhood, so we had this great lasagna, homemade lasagna recipe that we had gotten from a former church member and had made it many times for family members. So our first year, we decided, hey, let's make lasagna for the neighborhood. Mm. So, I mean, it was a fun day. It, I mean, there was a lot of noodles and sauce, and it was a mess in the kitchen, but we we packed it up in those, in those aluminum um, uh, trays and... We walked around to the neighborhood and and gave the lasagna, and people are like really surprised. And then one thing we didn't anticipate is in Minnesota is the need to reciprocate. You just don't take something, Mm. otherwise Mm. you feel guilty, right? You didn't (laughs) earn it, and you didn't reciprocate it. So all of a sudden we had this train of people coming to our door (laughs) with these huge bags of cookies and banana bread, et cetera, et cetera, and we realized you know just. Just be a little sensitive to the fact that now people are going to feel. It was great because it, it really it gave us a chance to interact with them, but mm. be careful about having putting the onus on them to feel mm. like they have to do something in kind. Mm. So we, we kind of stopped the lasagna train after mm. a while, <laughs> but the intentions were good. And yeah. we met a lot of neighbors that way.
0: So we've talked about a couple of different things now. Mike, you, you first brought up prayer. Your prayer walks with mm. your dog Moose as you're going through your neighborhood and praying for your neighbors. And then Ralph, you've talked a little bit about intentionality, intentionally getting out and meeting your neighbors. One of the things that I found interesting is now only being, I mean, we've been in our new neighborhood for a week, so we literally just moved. But I've noticed that our neighborhood's the one we're in now and the one we came from, have very distinct cultures. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, the neighborhood we're in now, mm. it's been amazing to me how many of our neighbors have come and greeted us and welcomed us to mm. the neighborhood. And even on Saturday night, uh, we had a neighbor ring the doorbell and say, we have an impromptu neighborhood gathering happening at uh, the house across the street. Uh, you're welcome to join us. So we walked over and they had tons of chicken on the grill and. Uh, we just got talking and, and getting to know our neighbors. So I mean, it was amazing. It was so so much fun. We come, from, you know, the neighbor we come from is is sort of like what you were saying, Mike. It's car goes into the alley garage. It was an alley neighborhood, so car goes into the <laughs> alley garage, and people make a beeline for their house. How how? What would you tell somebody who maybe lives in a neighborhood that forming relationships is a little more difficult? How can we? be intentional to form relationships with neighbors in a neighborhood like that.
2: Yeah. um, I can't remember the author right now. His first name is Randy um, pastor, and he's written some books about uh, connecting and community. And uh, I really appreciated this. I don't think I've taken it to this level um, because I read it after we had a little kid in our, in our house, but they are really intentional making their, um, their family life a front yard family hmm. instead of a backyard. And it's kind of the, the old houses used to have front porches. Now we have back decks, you know, and we put up fences to be private. So uh, just to kind of show up, um, I did some, hmm. when I worked at Bethel, did some recruiting in Frogtown and uh, a community, leader said uh if you're going to recruit in this area you've got to show your face you got to show up at coffee shops you got to show up in restaurants you got to you got to show your face first even before you build relationships so i i think you know being visible literally visible and physical out there in the you know that's why i walk because um, i I don't have a lot to do in my front yard except mow it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I could just sit in the middle of my front yard and wave (laughs) to people as they go by. But uh, just to physically show up in a way that people can see you and create the opportunity to actually uh, meet people. Ralph, how about you?
1: Well, Well, uh, just mention one thing quick. I'm excited because in our new neighborhood, everybody has a front porch. And I've already noticed people out on the front porch, and and it's got room for chairs and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that. We're not there yet. Probably be another month, but looking forward to that. But one thing I did find and and I think helps is uh, inviting someone to go out for a cup of coffee. That's that's a pretty low level of threat to anybody, but to say, hey uh, – can I meet you for coffee or can I take you to coffee over at Caribou or Starbucks or whatever the case might be? And uh, that, that's that been a good way to go a little bit deeper in some of the relationships. My neighbor on the other side from Dave and Cindy is Dave and Monica. And uh, Dave and I early on started talking about football. Um, he's a football fan. I'm a football fan. He happens to be a Viking fan, and I happen to be a Packer fan. Stop but we that. still, still, <laughs> still got along. And, and finally, you know, I realized a great thing to do would be invite him to go with me to a Bethel University football game, which is a pretty good brand of football. And so he said, "Oh, that would be great." And he said, "Could I take my son Grant?" And I hmm. said, "Sure." So the the three of us with my son Jared went over and watch the Bethel football game together and that was kind of low-key just enjoying it and and had had fun watching some good good football so there's some of those ways once you know a little bit about who the person is and what some of their interests are now his wife Monica was more interested in going to a concert at Bethel she's you know with music so there's doors that Open once you know some things like that, that uh, I think can be low key. So, we've, so, so, prayer,
0: intentionality, visibility, and uh, discovering interests are some of the things that we've talked about. Uh, you're listening to the Raw Roast. We're having a conversation today about how to be a good neighbor uh, in an age where a lot of people make a beeline from their alley garage to their house, or pull into the garage and immediately shut the door. How can we be good neighbors? And we're talking about some practical ways of doing that. We would love to hear from you. If you have any comments about today's episode or if you have questions you would like us to address on future episodes, we would encourage you to email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We would love to hear from you. So a lot of the things we've been talking about, with the exception of prayer, uh, none of these things are distinctively Christian. You, You could be an atheist and and do any of these things we've been talking about, is there something that makes being a neighbor, is there a Christian form of being a
1: neighbor? And if so, what is that? Well, well I think that as you're building that relationship, there are opportunities to begin talking about a person's journey of faith. And that's been oftentimes the way I've sort of started the conversation, talk to me a little bit about your faith journey and what has been meaningful to you as you've gone on that path and i think as believers we yes we want to demonstrate the love of christ in some very tangible ways and that's important and that helps build the relationship and i think gives you some credibility when you begin talking about the love of christ and his desire to to be a servant to all and so for me, it's always been sort of leading the conversation to talking about that faith journey and what does that look like for them, and then hopefully the opportunity seems ripe for you to share your own faith story and what God's doing in your life. Uh, so that's that's a little bit different than, like you say, doing some of the ways that you reach out and, and get to know somebody, but I I find that that's important in my experience and expression of my faith through my uh, relationship with neighbors so so you know being
0: a neighbor in some ways clears the stones to to lay that foundation for inroads
1: into gospel conversations right right and and I think giving planting some seeds multiple ways you yeah. know even like the the Christmas card or when i I remember when my neighbors Mother died. You know, being able to reach out and then go over and just say, "Dave, could I could I pray for you, brother? You know, could I pray for you as you're going through this difficult time with losing your mom?" Mm. And then even saying, "You know, I know you got to clear out our house and stuff. Can can my son and I give you a hand in doing that?" So those. Those particular experiences open up opportunities, and then mm-hmm. we've had neighbors that have come to us as they've gone through some things to just say, "Would you pray for?" And that's been a way to yeah. kind of yeah. keep the conversation going. Nobody ever turns down prayer, do they? No, no, they. I've never had that happen. No, oh. it's it's a it's one of the things that I think is really important to people to to have people praying for them. So yeah. there would be a bit of an irony if someone turned down prayer that they would
0: believe that it must do something if they're right. that resistant to it mm. Yeah. Mm. interesting point um mike how about you what what uh yeah what what does a christian neighbor look like
2: yeah i i've got a built-in ralph and i or all three of us have built-in uh, advantages because uh, yeah. you know i'm a curiosity guy i love to find out about people so i almost always ask hey what do you do for a living and, uh, they share that and not always, but, uh, you hope that they, sometimes I hope they just ask me. And when they do, uh, they're a little shocked to find out I'm a pastor and they don't really expect pastors they to probably, be walking around their neighborhood. The right. I'm not wearing my collar. collar or ever did <laughs> and then they think back you can see the look of shock on their face wondering if they had uh used a swear word in the last five minutes of the conversation yeah. you know uh oh my gosh so uh when we first moved in uh moose and i used to walk early in the morning like five thirty in the morning and there was a guy riding his bike uh around and around and around we'd we'd Intersect each other about three or four times, and finally one day he, I just we waved to each other, and finally one day he stopped and we talked and found out his name was Steve and I'm uh, Mike of course, and so then uh, you know ever after that uh, he'd drive by and I'd say hi Steve and he'd go hi Mike and that's all that was the first, that was the as far as the relationship went it was uh, last summer it was in the afternoon uh, Steve drove by in his truck this time. And we started talking and he asked me, you know, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, my dad was a pastor. Hmm. But clearly Steve's life had taken a different track, Hmm. you know, Uh, but I could tell he still had respect. And then he shared a a situation uh, that his son uh, 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 two months earlier had uh, been in a swimming accident and broken his neck. Mm. and went to the mm. ER and wasn't sure his son was ever going to walk again. Mm. And he felt, in a miraculous way, uh, his son was healed or it never got to that point of paralysis. And he uh, now can walk, and he's slowly rehabbing so he can go back to work. And, um, and mm. I, I got his son's name, and uh, he, I said, wouldn't it be great if... Your son realized that God was involved Mm. in this and Mm. gave him another chance. Mm. He goes, "Yeah, you're absolutely right." So ever after that, I I found out where he lived, and so I pray for Steve and his son, and his son would know that God was really instrumental in helping him, giving him a second chance like that. But um, again, you know, those are just just a few minutes of encounter. Um, that will lead to the next step, which will lead to the next step, which will lead to the next step. So all this happened over a period of three years. And so finally, Steve and I got a chance to speak about something spiritual.
1: Yeah, you know, one one of the books that really um, spoke to me during my 20s was written by Becky Pippert, Out of the Salt Shaker.
2: One of my favorites. Isn't that a great book? I love that book. It's
1: just awesome. Um, That and the master plan of evangelism. But it it really got me thinking about getting out of what is my comfort zone uh, and finding myself in a position of sharing in very real ways about my own story and my own faith journey and that opens doors for people to uh, begin to enter into a discussion so uh, it she she really gets at that and I think too often in the church we've We've stayed inside our own salt shaker and yeah. not gotten outside of it. So uh, that that to me is kind of the best encouragement. One of the things I really felt came out of in a positive way the whole pandemic deal was I saw so many more people in my own neighborhood and myself walking yes and and stopping to talk to people you know way up the other end of the block that frankly I had not been up there and meeting people but now I'm meeting them because they're out in their yard or they're out walking and several of us as we've been walking our blocks have gotten to know each other's names and even though we may not stop and talk for long we at least address each other and like you said sometimes have the opportunity. They, well, what do you do? You yeah. know, well, I, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Whoa, you're a pastor. You know? yeah. <laughs> have I said anything I shouldn't have said? <laughs> no, oh. no, you've been yourself. That's all right. But If they only knew
2: what we hear, uh, hear from yeah. people. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. So, you know, that to me, again, the emphasis of getting out and being engaged in people's lives, uh, great opportunities just coaching some kids, baseball coaching little kids football now when my kids were praying playing and then you know i remember one of the parents coming up to me and saying you know ralph i really appreciate you pray with those kids before the game just that they're going to all be safe and they're going to play their best and they're going to have fun and and so those little things are are ways i think we engage with our neighbors and and it's beyond just the five or six houses that surround us. You know, it goes out into the community that we're living in. Ralph, uh, could you, uh, I mean, Ralph is known around
2: here for his conversations with his hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, barber evangelism. <laughs> and uh, she, she's your neighbor.
1: And uh, yes.
2: just just maybe say a word of what you do and what you talk about.
1: Well... Pam who's been the one taking care of my hair for a long time. She actually went to high school with one of my boys. So I've known her since she was a high schooler. And then when she opened up a shop or became a part of a shop, you know, I said, "Oh, I got to continue this conversation with Pam." And so uh been witnessing with her, her fiance Nick got cancer. So praying for Nick and just talking to her. Well, Pam because Nick got in such you know he he couldn't take care of himself anymore she was staying at home taking care of him well then i got chris my new the new person to start cutting my hair and again began the conversation about faith and that that i live by and of course started with just saying you know i'm praying for pam and for nick have you heard anything new and then one time i'm i'm there and i just said chris could would you just join me praying for Pam and Nick? And so I I pray, and then there's another woman in the chair just across from me that's getting her hair taken care of. And, and at the end of my prayer, I hear her saying, "Amen, Amen." <laughs> so she she stopped. The hot stylist stopped, and and we just we just had a conversation about the power of prayer and yeah. about people being. Being healed,
2: and it did not happen in a
1: church it did not happen in a church no which which is kind of fun it's and very fun. Uh, yeah yeah well this has been a good conversation we've
0: we 've covered a lot of ground i mean we 've talked about uh, prayer, uh, being intentional to pray for your neighborhood've we 've talked about intentionality, you know being intentional to get out and and greet and get to know our neighbors, Mike, you talked about visibility, being a, a front porch neighbor uh, mm. rather than a back deck neighbor. <clears throat> Um, you know, Ralph, you talked about you know how do we have how do we weave in gospel conversations with our neighbors and and being courageous to take that uh, to take that small risk of weaving the gospel and maybe it's just something as simple as just offering to pray for pray for our neighbors and, and then also seeing our, our neighbors as not just our our physical neighborhood but it can be our hairstylist it can be the person in the cubicle next to us so, you mm. know wherever we are. And whoever's around us is our is our neighbor thank you both of you for for joining us uh, for joining this conversation today it's been a good uh, a good conversation I appreciate your wisdom and it insights uh, both of you have a few more gray hairs than I do. (laughs) Just a few. Just a few. Uh, Just a few, but uh, with those gray hairs come uh, many years of wisdom. So thank you both for being on today. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, We've appreciated having you join us today. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. I'd also encourage you to send us an email. Again, if you have any comments about today's episode or if you have any questions you would like us to address on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We look forward to having you join us again next week.